0: Maximize your sense of aliveness. Gain new perspectives on health, your body, and the meaning of life. You can control your physiology and how you feel in your body in this moment. Your life will never be the same. This is the Vitality Podcast with Andrea Page. We're
1: recording. Yay, Brian. Okay, so to clue everyone else in, um... I met Brian at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas a few weeks ago, and um, I was just doing a little recharge and sweat in the saunas. And then you came in, you came in the sauna with me and started telling me about the lights and the EMF radiation. and. Um, as someone who's been in the health scene for 15 years, I've heard a lot of people talking out their ass <laughs> and I was just like, hey, this guy's really genuine <laughs> and so uh, hence the invitation to to come on the podcast and so um, I'm not going to do any introduction of you because I want you to do it, Brian. So, um, please introduce yourself to this audience and if you could do so by sharing a little bit about your own personal history and and where that brought you into the world of exploration and health.
2: Well, thank you, Andy. Yes, my name is Brian Richards. I'm the CEO and also founder of Sauna Space. We make incandescent light therapy saunas and um, though it's not not the only aspect of, of who I am. It's definitely central to who I am as an adult and, and in my professional life. Um, that's because uh, the product that Sonaspace makes or the product line that we make uh, personally healed my health issues um, many years ago. Now, I guess that would be seven or eight years ago. So rewind to 2009. I was just, just graduated with a couple of degrees out of college at Montana State University that's where I grew up Um, although I spent many years studying abroad I eventually got dragged back to finish things there Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and uh, unfortunately my health was not fantastic even though if you met me in the in the street I look fine I had what I know now to be adrenal fatigue it was that self-diagnosed and I didn't know what it was then I just felt negative and irritable and low energy and I also mm-hmm. had a really weird kind of acne around my torso. So, mm.
3: um,
2: but it, it's obviously a, a nebulous thing to diagnose for, even for more wellness minded health practitioners. Uh, but the dermatologist wanted to prescribe Accutane and other weird things. And I wasn't, la la. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to take any of that prescription stuff. And I, I wanted to address the root cause of the issue that seemed most logical to me. So I, did my Google research online like everybody does nowadays to try to mm. discover for themselves, hey, what else might be going on here? And I kept coming back to sauna and as it relates to detoxification. And and then I stumbled upon this interesting concept called the incandescent sauna. So it actually dates back to Dr. John Harvey Kellogg's sanitariums um, mm. in 91. Um, those of you yeah. who not know, he's, you know, he's a... Responsible for Kellogg's cornflakes as it is today, kind of, <laughs> but uh, he was very avant-garde in many ways. He had these health sanitariums, health spas in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and he invented the what he called the electric incandescent bath in 1891, shortly after the light bulb itself was invented, mm. that, hey, let's, let's shine these light bulbs on people, and it will heal their maladies, and it'll be like a sauna, but better. And so you can see these and in his book. He wrote a book called Phototherapeutics in 1910. Mm-hmm. It's a, really a fascinating treatise on, on light therapy. Way mm-hmm. before we understood what mitochondria were, this kind of the central vehicle for light therapy in the body and for all this stuff we call red light therapy nowadays, those of you in the biohacker world. Uh, or it's increasingly mainstream now, using light to heal through the mitochondrial um, activation, through, through the mitochondrial systems, which are, Universal in the body. Anyway, I was like, "Oh, I, I can build my own," and I, I actually found a, a modern book called "Sauna Therapy for Detox and Healing" by Dr. Lawrence Wilson, and I built my own uh, incandescent light light therapy sauna, and nice. and it was amazing. Uh, two so two sauna sessions right before bed, and my insomnia was gone, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I know it was it was very strong parasympathetic relaxation, mm-hmm. which is essential to have the nervous system relaxed to sleep well and deeply. But mm-hmm. boom, two sessions and I was sleeping great. And then over the course of six months of, of, of disciplined use each week, four or five days a week, 40 minutes or even more, um, all my problems kind of resolved. And I realized there were things that were wrong with me I didn't, I didn't know. they were wrong with me. So I'm six months later. I I definitely have all the things that you associate with sauna now, improved cognitive functioning and such. Uh, I was more clear headed, more energetic, Mm -hmm. more patient, less irascible, more able to concentrate and focus. My acne cleared up. My sleep patterns were much better. Really just revitalized in in a way that is qualitatively better. you, You can't, you know, again, hard to quantify and it's something where if you met me before, you know, it's hard to explain that you just feel like crap, but, Uh um, but just totally, totally different and totally so much better. And that was the inspiration for, for where I am now. Now it's six years of development to kind of obsessively just make one thing right. It started as a side gig and then it kind of took control of my life and I realized, wow, I'm, I really like what I'm doing. Um, and so here we are today. I have kind of a big shop we just moved into, about uh, 23 employees. We are hiring as well. And uh, we, we're just, uh, we can't seem to make enough of them fast enough. We definitely have an evolved product, but the the concept is the same. It's to, hey, sit there, sweat passively under, under a, some heat source and it cleanses the body and it actually cleanses the mind too, now we know. As well, and and then we can talk about light therapy as well. It's something that most saunas don't have at all, and it's really an essential part of our our lives. Um, people think of sunlight as being ultraviolet and vitamin D, right? Like, oh, I need to go. I'm not getting enough vitamin D. Well, uh-huh. Actually, ultraviolet's a small portion of sunlight. Uh, the largest plurality of the sun spectrum is near infrared. It's like forty three percent. It's a big mm-hmm. portion. And those are the wavelengths that stimulate our mitochondria, promote cellular regeneration, anti-aging effects, um, just a, a, quite a wide array of cellular healing effects, and they make us feel good. It's a, definitely a mood enhancement thing that you know we also we we see that um, supported by the studies now. So if you're not getting sunlight and as an ancestral habit as we got ancestrally, it's near infrared that you're missing primarily um, more so than the ultraviolet it's ultraviolet and the blue light that are primarily killing you. Actually they're very high energy They cause free radical formation or, or um, they are, you know, they actually damage your DNA like ultraviolet. Um, whereas the near infrared red wavelengths are regenerative. So we've incorporated that into the sauna by using an incandescent light source that's very close to the sun spectrum, but without the, the ultraviolet and the, and the blue so it's like all of the goodness of sunlight while you're doing the sauna and so it has its own benefits and it also kind of supports and and it facilitates the benefits of heat therapy which we should also talk about because that's much more than than just detox totally but that's kind of like yeah. the whirlwind tour of how i got to here today um and definitely a lot a lot of funny little stories in there but um started i basically started it at my house with and bootstrapped it and got my own small business loan and um kind of made my way and with a lot of roller coaster rides to where we're now we're kind of a, a growing name in the sawn industry and um and and in the world as it were
1: i love it i love it very very natural story very organic kind of upbringing and um I want to take a second and kind of put uh, several of the things you've mentioned into context for my audience, because Kellogg was one of the original natural hygienists, and that's the, the school of thought that I come from. And a lot of my teachers were amongst his peers in the early 1900s, late 1800s. This was the time where um, pre-heavy industrialization of man, we had this switching from a natural outdoor lifestyle to a mechanized indoor sedentary lifestyle and um, in that process of course so many parts of our health went into disarray as you experienced fully in your own personal trajectory Um, adrenal fatigue is nothing other than just being out of balance And, and you know you can go to a yoga class and they say oh be balanced or feel balanced or whatever it is and we can't quantify that and yet you, you touch the heartbeat of it or perhaps the nerve palpation of it which is very much the parasympathetic nervous system and that relaxation response which is needed and we need to be in parasympathetic far more than in sympathetic and yet it's switched today and so when humans are so active in flight or fight uh, a whole array of other problems come whether it's endocrine based and having hormonal imbalance or whether it's just adrenal fatigue because you are secreting too much adrenaline cortisol and um and and essentially we're driving ourselves mad from our head, um or whether it's any kind of a heart problem or an emotional psychosomatic translation whatever it is it stems back to not feeling safe not feeling calm not feeling like you belong whatever it might be and so um natural hygiene came forth to bring those nature principles into our everyday life. And it's almost like ironic that we have to create a second sun <laughs> to go yeah. sit in this little box that is, you know, a mimic of the sun. And yet it is something so perfect for the everyday human. And it's, it's like we will always create new anthills upon anthills of this concrete jungle that we've built. And um, so it works in its biomimicry, um, and there's, there's a lot more depth that I want to get into because it's not only that it's, it's just, um, let's say giving you the near infrared light and, um, you know, giving you the things from the sun that you, that you wouldn't get else wise from being inside. Um, but with, I know everything that you're doing with the, um, protection layer and all of the other layers that kind of speak to modern man. I want to get into those as well. So, um which is most exciting to you from what you've discovered in the sauna space
2: oh there well there is much to talk about and i don't want to get too stuck in one thing or another but there Uh i would like to discuss uh electro you know man-made electromagnetic stress and and where it comes from and and what to do about it and tell
1: um, me about it
2: so forth but uh i'll leave you in suspense um about that topic for a second (laughs) and Okay. Actually, I'd like to mention something that I just find really almost as exciting, just as exciting about heat therapy. So, uh, you know, every human culture has some kind of sauna sauna tradition of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. whether it's hot baths or it's, or sweat lodges, um, it goes back thousands of years and what our ancestors understood is that, um, it does, it does cleanse the body and it, it has clinical, you know, studies or or very strongly indicate increased longevity, improved cognitive functioning, a lot of amazing things that that heat therapy does. But um, I, I think one of the fascinating things that I've read about lately has to do with uh, hormonal homeostasis and um, reducing insulin resistance. So uh, most people, again, uh, know or have an appreciation maybe that saunas do detox. And the way that works is we heat up the cells and, the cell begins to express heat shock proteins that are little cellular repair men. Their their primary role, their their first role, is to help make detoxification at the cell level more efficient. They they help yeah. chaperone things and so forth. They have a second role though that is much more uh, intriguing. I think that the second role is to refold proteins. So twenty or thirty percent of the proteins in our body, it's estimated uh, nowadays, or even just in general, are misfolded, and if you've you've ever seen a a protein structure on a you know a three D model of it, it looks like a bunch of ribbons, and it's a very complicated thing. This like long, super complicated three D wad of paper with all these ribbons, and so if it's not folded perfectly, it doesn't communicate well, and signal well, or or perform its function well. And so, uh, for example, the insulin receptor tail that hangs off the cell that um, is responsible for receiving the insulin signal that has proteins on it. If those proteins are malfolded or misfolded, you get insulin resistance. And when you have insulin resistance, it leads to metabolic disorder and obesity. And just, you know, really insulin resistance is a a easy, it's one of the first symptoms you have of like, you have a real big problem. You have terrible illness in your body. And a lot of people are insulin resistant nowadays. So it's a a very, I think, relevant problem nowadays. A lot of people dealing with insulin resistance, obesity, metabolic disorders, and diseases. And so the heat shock protein can, when you just heat the body up through sauna, can go out there and refold the insulin receptor proteins and make insulin signaling work better, which reduces insulin resistance. And we see this not just in vitro, but in... In human studies now, so you can actually change how the body um, is talking to itself. The hormones are kind of the messengers in between the the, the organ systems. They're uh, they're super important for uh, signaling and, and all these other th- basic regulatory aspects in the body. And if those signals are not working right, you know we have major diseases. But here's such a simple way, on top of all the other benefits of sauna, of of detox, of longevity, and other things that sauna is actually re sculpting the proteins of your body and it's helping some detox and, and be excised, you know, be, uh, through a autoph- autophagy and then others are, you know, just repaired and refolded and they work great again. So, and, and we have a systemic effect in, for example, reducing insulin resistance. So, um, I think that speaks volumes in regards to all the other hormones in the body and all these other proteins, all the receptors in the body, all the messengers, many of the messengers at the cell level, are protein-based, and and there's uh, things called proteostasis where there's optimal concentrations of proteins inside and outside of the cell. And heat shock proteins go and and really fix all of that holistically in almost every cell of the body where they they can be made. And and all of this is going on if you just sit down and and do this this sauna therapy. And so and they also have a relation to light therapy. So um, some uh, n- wavelengths of red light and also near infrared light have been shown to increase expression of heat shock proteins. So that's a clear indication of of the ancestral context and light and heat needing to come together from the sun, mm-hmm. you know, from the incandescent light mm-hmm. source. The near infrared light photobiomodulating the mitochondria is also increasing or, or helping the cell make heat shock proteins better and make them work better. Um, some wavelengths of near infrared red. Uh, naturally stimulate collagen production. Well, collagen, this collagen scaffolding um, requires heat shock protein. I think like forty-seven or seventy for building of the scaffolding. So, in, it, and that's that's in embryo, embryonic development, also in in adults too. Like the collagen's not really rebuilt very effectively in your body at all without that heat shock protein as a chaperone. And so, just a, a small microcosm I'm giving you here of how these are all interacting together, the heat, the light, and you can do all of that in basically our type of sauna uh, where you have both of these elements m- married together from the same, uh, the source, the, the incandescent bulb.
1: Mm-hmm. So Brian, a lot of what I do um, or what I've done in my career and a lot of what this podcast has been for people is taking that microcosm and making the macrocosm Um to more or less speak to people in their own lives, how this would feel and affect in their body. So I want you to unpack it with me. We can do it together. Um, The journey from insulin resistance, what that would feel like, maybe it'd feel like a certain sluggishness or um, a need for sugar, even though your body's not processing it. And um, just a lethargy throughout life on a mental on a physical and on a physiological level um and then when you start to go into the heat shock therapy a la sauna and or the equivalent of which would be being outside direct under sunlight is that would you say that that's equivalent
2: uh if it was early morning and late day sunlight
1: um, early morning late day sunlight yeah, okay. there's too
2: much ultraviolet blue in the middle of the day and ancestral humans definitely um you know they lean towards the morning and the evening and of course in the evening during sunset blue light is higher frequency it travels faster so during the sunset, the blue light, um, stimulus has ended and you're left with into red near infrared. So you get a big kind of regenerative dose there. Um, at the end of the day, but, but yeah, it's, it's more than that though, because you need to sit there and sweat. Mm -hmm. So if you're very light skinned, for example, um, it's, and and where we are in the modern global society, you're probably, or you may not necessarily be living in your ethnic, um, latitude. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: and so you're not necessarily where you're designed to be. Or for people who are darker skin, they need a lot more sunlight than than a light skinned person in terms of near-infrared dose that they're designed to get. Um so yeah, if you can live naked um at your latitude of your ethnicity and and live, you know, wake up with the sunrise and go to bed with the sunset, not have any blue light after dark and uh, a a rather strict formula nowadays actually to and pretty hard for people to achieve then then yeah okay if not though i think uh, we need modern adaptations to recreate a natural healing context in modern life, so so regular people can can do what they love follow their modern passion and and still be healthy Mm -hmm. Um, as far as kind of bringing, connecting the microcosm of the heat shock proteins and the insulin resistance to the macro, mm-hmm. I think it's easy enough to say, look, uh, you know, you have these people who are really obese and, and they say one day they wake up and say, you know what, I'm changing my diet. I'm going to start cooking my own food. I'm going to the gym today. I'm going to get that exercise I never get. And mm-hmm. so they do that. They, they go and run on the treadmill and they, maybe they start cooking their own food. And and they may experience not much change or very much okay. difficulty changing. That's because all of their because they have so much insulin resistance, because their proteins are so messed up that it doesn't doesn't matter. Their, their dietary changes are 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 only a small step now, and the, even the exercise that they never do they never did before, it's not nearly enough. We need to go in and fix those proteins so the body understands what sugar level it's getting when it's eating food. And so these people, they're they're trying to correct their obesity, correct their metabolic disorder, their disease, and they need to realize that they need to rebuild their the proteins in most of the cells of their bodies, or or refold them and resculpt them, and that doesn't just happen through dietary change. It it can be achieved through sauna um, in a very safe, low risk fashion, but it's uh, it's it's a necessary element. It's not enough just the diet and so people wonder why they they take one bite of a cookie and and you know their their blood sugar levels go crazy and um and and it's just frankly hard and they don't have much success necessarily and this is a big part of it they're insulin resistant so their proteins are broke down and their cellular systems are all kind of working at whatever you want to call it 50% efficiency or or something like that and there's no easy solution to that. We need to rebuild everything. And um, and that takes a, the discipline of the diet, lifestyle, and I, w- I would say sauna. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. And I, I, the precursor to that, if I may, is definitely hydration because um, the detoxification, the sweat, the light, all of that's important. And yet I don't think that our cells are fully able to be buoyant enough to receive whatever it is uh, unless they are properly hydrated with mineral spring water
2: yes I completely agree we need water is an essential element of life it needs you know you, you need to have good water um, I would say though that uh, for those of you who are familiar with structured water or the fourth state of water dr. Pollock calls it um, it's basically a, a smart state of water where water where the the ionic charge in a big big body of water or, or a grouping of, of water molecules is becomes intelligent basically it's not random and it results in like a gel like state and the inside of your cells are supposed to be like that and inside of the mitochondria it's all structured water and in between the cells uh the more structured water the better you have better movement of everything in the cell with less energetic input and there's some arguments that um, you know uh, like the sodium potassium pump and basic Mm -hmm. cellular systems don't are not primarily fueled by cellular energy called ATP. It's, it, there's an, there's an alternative hypothesis and that's that everything is structured. All the water is structured in this smart state and it's like this gel state. So what's interesting is, well, how do you structure water? Um, you can blend it up in a blender, kind of like the water at the end of a waterfall, is all structured okay. and, uh, but you can also shine sunlight on it and so near-infrared light and visible light but also near-infrared light and mid-infrared and stuff they structure water so you can also just leave dead water out under these lamps that we use or under sunlight and it turns into like nature's smart water which is again called structured water and it's an essential part of um you know living living healthy and eating or, or, or having a healthy lifestyle is, is it, but instead of consuming structured water, which is kind of a thing you can buy in bottles nowadays, uh, you can actually structure the water inside your body by shining light mm-hmm. on your body. And uh, another source of water, sur- water forms a structured state against a, an ionized surface. So if you make bone broth, the water in the bone broth slowly as it's kind of percolating there in the in the pot, slowly making the broth is slowly structuring itself against the collagen um, in the water. And so, you know, homemade bone broth is an amazing source of structured water as well.
1: So tell me more about the structured water under sunlight, because I'm a huge fan of solar charged water and um, I love the concept of sure doing that for yourself. And my question in that regard is would you have to put the sun or the water out in the sun at the same hours as you had recommended for a human to put their body in the sun?
2: No, not at all. Uh, all wavelengths of sunlight structure water. Some do it more effectively than others. And so you can, you know, you can deep dive into the science of that. Dr. Pollock's work. He's, he's the guy, right? Really? He called it, he calls it the four state of water, but, um, you can also structure water by, um, basically sloshing it around and whipping it in a vortex very vigorously. It, you the more you do that the more it just naturally forms this state that where there's a there's kind of the smart distribution of charges it's not just positive and negative charges where it waters a you know a charge molecule it has a positive side and a negative side and so um and so there's this now that that's been discovered even though that's kind of looked at from a conventional medical perspective as nonsense um it has such relevance in in biology that um, that it's, 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 it's important to consider and important to understand. And, but I do think it's a a mistake to say, well, I just need to start drinking structured water. You know, not only should it be spring water and be from this amazing water source, it should be structured as well. Well, actually the body can, the cells can use ATP to, to kind of structure the water in the cell. And then also if you shine near infrared light from uh, these lamps or, or also sunlight onto your naked body, it's mm-hmm. structuring the water that's already in your body, which is a much more efficient way to do it than than, than consuming water that's already structured. Um, so
1: let me get that clear. So solar charging uh, water and sunlight, swishing it around, and that's a biomimicry of like what you would see in a whirlpool, which is the way to not only um, purify the water and, and make the bacteria rise to the top or evaporate, uh, but it's also structuring the water, and then drinking the water, and putting your, the water that's already in your body under the quality of sauna that you describe to structure everything.
2: Yeah, that you have a right. So, so ancestral humans were naked under sunlight. That's the primary way to kind of structure water in your body. Your body can structure its own water. It's constantly doing that um, at the cellular mm-hmm. level. But you can really assist it and give it a boost by just putting your naked body under sunlight, or you could sit in front of an incandescent lamp. uh, um, You know, like what we use in our, in the sauna space sauna. And, and it also structures Mm -hmm. water. You could also just take a glass of water or even your coffee and put it in Mm -hmm. front of one of these lamps inside your house and it would structure the water. And so some people Mm -hmm. do that. Um, But I'm a big fan of, Hey, yeah. I mean, in all of this, we need to keep in mind. I'm not trying to replace sunlight here. Sunlight is the best. Mm-hmm. Sun, the sun mm-hmm. nurses all life on Earth. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be here if not for that. But if we can't, you know, if we can't maintain that very discipline now, what you would call nowadays a disciplined ancestral lifestyle, here's the next best thing, is what I would say. And it's um it is important to understand that the natural context is best. That's literally what we're trying to do here at Sauna Space. With the full spectrum light the the passive sweating the the parasympathetic relaxation and
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the electromagnetic protection so that we're not you know dealing with this weird modern phenomenon of of microwave in the air everywhere
1: cool. yeah I'm, I'm almost i'm almost thinking about like uh like a vr experience to add to the sauna or like some kind of audio soundtrack to like bring the birds in (laughs) a little bit of wind with the sun experience to to really replicate that on all levels it's comical to think about um i want to ask you though brian something uh in relation to the aspect of i mean you mentioned uv rays and you mentioned them before as potentially damaging i mean uv rays are actually the most uh, one of the most potent phenomenons on earth in that they can, they, they are one of the greatest disinfectants ever. Uh, and so just like a super sharp sword has two sides. And um, I want you to talk since you've done so much research about sunlight, natural sunlight, light, heat, et cetera, et cetera, healing, um, a little bit about sunscreen.
2: Oh yes. Well.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I try not to, Get too conspiratorial about these things, so um, I
1: love it. Bring it on. This audience knows it very um, well.
2: (laughs) Well, um, so sunscreen is—I mean, in short, you're you're slathering on uh, potentially carcinogenic chemicals to block out the, the you know the healing stimulus of the sun's full spectrum that again nourishes all life on Earth. So. It's a little bit insane on the face of it, but um, let's go into the details of, of what it does. Some, mm-hmm. some sunscreen has zinc oxide, which mm-hmm. is okay. It's not a toxic metal. It's not a nanoparticle. It's zinc. It's an oxidized mm-hmm. zinc, you know, and it uh, does, that's the kind of ones where it, you know, you can see it like it's opaque and they have pink mm-hmm. yellow ones and it kind of looks funny. Um, mm-hmm. so there is a, there is, that can you be useful, especially for people with very light skin, um, and they want to be out in the middle of the day for some reason, um, that does have a protective component to it, but it's really the, the other chemicals in there that are problematic. There's a lot of, you know, petrochemical additives that are not healthy for the body and you can just list them and you can just look up and and parabens and all that stuff. And. Um, it's not good for you. And then the modern, uh, the modern sunscreens, they're using like nanoparticles now for quicker, deeper penetration of things. And there's really not a long-term studies on humans necessarily on what that will do to you eventually. But I think it's another, look, if it's coming from petroleum, it's not something we're designed to really slather on our bodies so much. And uh, it's not in a natural form, you know, it's a very synthetic form. And I would be very. I would really question what you're doing. Uh, not to mention that what is what are some of these things doing? Uh, if it's not zinc oxide, well, what are these other sunscreens doing that are not? They don't have the zinc oxide in them. They're not really blocking. Uh, one thing that they do is they prevent the kind of nitric oxide response your body has, where your skin turns red. So um, normally oh. you don't want to wear sunscreen out, or you don't wear sunscreen, and you don't want to wear um, Sunglasses either, because the eyes are, uh, you know, the, the kind of window to the soul, literally, and the window to our our brains and our how we interpret things around us much more than any other uh, sense faculty that we have. It's really our eyesight that's that's so important. So, uh, when you're outside in a really hot day like in Puerto Rico where I was just recently, mm-hmm. you don't want to be wearing sunglasses or contacts or glasses of any kind because your your eyes will be the first interpreter to tell you hey i got enough sun sunlight and uh-huh. if you, if you block your eyes through sunglasses or contacts your body's not getting uh, the indic- the first indication that hey i got an- my skin got enough sun i got enough and what does that exposure. feel like like what, what, do
1: what do is mean? the eye response how well,
2: would the eye Basically, it it, um, it helps, you know, it helps the body interpret and the skin interpret that it's it's got enough exposure. And you know, when you've gotten enough exposure, you've like, oh, I've had enough, or I'm 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 just on the cusp of burning now. You can actually delay that response if you kind of cover up the eyes because the eyes are uh, the eyes have more blue light receptors than you know. You have blue light receptors in all the cells of your body, and your nerve system, and your brain, and your gut, but the super photoreceptors, the super light receptors are of course the eyes and we're we're talking about light exposure here. And so you're getting too Mm -hmm. much ultraviolet exposure and you're fooling your body that you haven't got enough because of, you know, because of of the, of, of the sunglasses, but also even more so because of the sunscreen really, because the sunscreen can delay the reddening of the skin response. This nitric oxide response that tells you, Hey, my skin's burning, but Mm -hmm. getting the ultraviolet, uh, absorption so you're 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 basically allowing your body by using a modern regular sunscreen to get more ultraviolet dose than you would normally get
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we're also again we're not doing ancestral so that would be morning and, and evening sunlight where the ratio of of um, blue to uh, blue and ultraviolet to red near infrared is the lowest in midday. Okay. There is the most ultraviolet and blue. So the ratio of blue ultraviolet to red near infrared is the highest at midday. That's why we have hair on our head. And that's Uh why, you know, most ancestral humans, they were laying under the shade of the tree at midday. They weren't out on the beach at 1 p.m. sunning uh, completely. Uh But that's what we do now. We slather sunscreen on our skin. and, 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 And the thing is, the whole time that you're out there, you're you're getting the ultraviolet absorption and it's the ultraviolet, it does promote vitamin D production. We do have an evolutionary adaptation to that, but it is simultaneously denaturing your DNA. It is mutagenic, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And even blue light, which if you look on the the light spectrum, blue is right next to ultraviolet. Blue is still very high energy. It's not quite ionizing, but it's still very high energy and it is absolutely, um, causes free radical formation that's part of the problem with having modern artificial lighting uh, like LED and fluorescent light. You get a big, you get a large blue only light source. There's no regenerative red near infrared like our, our incandescent um, you know, lamps that we use in the sauna. It's only this damaging blue, especially LEDs
3: Uh
2: And, and that is the damaging component of sunlight. So The issue here is—is no, we don't want to avoid the sunlight. Yeah, we want sunlight. We want to you get sunlight exposure intelligently, and for Mm -hmm. those of us who are light skinned, and we have to be out in the middle of the day. Well, what's the solution? I can't wear sunscreen. It's not—if it's not good for me. What the hell am I going to do? The answer is well, you wear a hat. You wear a shirt. You uh, go in the shade. And you you (laughs) or you go in the shade. But even if you look at cultures or or just uh, working populations where they have to be outside in agricultural work, for example, in in the summer. You know when, um, and the sunlight's unavoidable. All of them, whether or not they're light or dark skinned ethnically, they are all wearing big hats and wearing long sleeve mm-hmm. clothes mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's the that's the hyper protection you need. And um, it's very fashionable to be naked in a bikini and be wearing sunscreen in the middle of the day, but it's it's definitely not healthy. Um, right.
1: And I, I mean, there's so much more to this entire conversation in terms of uh, free radicals and in your body's own healing response. I know personally that when I'm on a long fast or when I've gone through uh, a period of dietary cleansing to where I'm eating the fastest digesting food, which is fruit only for an extended period of time, sunburn simply won't happen. And so your body's own response, like your own immunity, you could say to some extent, or your own self-healing capacity Will determine the the sun's harm upon you or not. Um, I I want to ask about
2: uh, correct and body- also uh, you know I would add to that being out in early in the beginning at sunrise that mm-hmm. allows the body to build a sun callus, literally. So sun
1: callus, nice.
2: Yeah, this is a concept actually. Uh, you know, Doctor Jack Cruz I think would explain it much better than I ever could, but the idea is. Is, even if you're very light-skinned like I am, I have some some Irish and English ancestry, among other things, um, uh, you get out and you get s- that early sunlight and then you rest you, and you, you avoid the sun midday. And, you know, after a while, you get a sun clallis, which allows you to be under the sunlight longer
3: mm-hmm. in
2: the hotter, more ultraviolet, blue light, heavy times of the day, and you don't get burned because mm-hmm. you've built up this tolerance. and and um, and and that's a there's there's a larger discussion of of the light therapy the photobiomodulation that red near infrared helps galvanize the body and protect it has a has a has a neuro has a neuro has a cellular protective component against blue uv so the uv and blue that's causing free radical formation it's causing aging of the skin the red near infrared um has a has a protective role in in preventing that damage and reversing it as well so um by getting that early morning dose you kind of build a a callus to Mm -hmm. the the damaging you know you mentioned the the double-edged sword that's a perfect explanation of sunlight it's but you're using one edge of the sword to protect you from the other
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. And so, what would be the advice then for people to, of course, include uh, the far infrared or the near infrared in their life, in their life, but also to get that early morning sun? Like, oh, in what latitudes yeah. are we talking? Can Can you give time frames for that? Would you? Oh, like, you uh, well,
2: you know, that's a great question. You have to look this up online. It's going to be different at different latitudes. Yeah um but you can look this up online um, i can provide you with a link that you can
1: cool that uh, would be awesome later, i mean but... we have listeners here from anywhere from northern europe to new zealand and everywhere in between lots on the equator as well so um that would be very helpful
2: yeah and it's it's going to be different for every latitude and every every season certainly and of course the yeah the time of sunrise changes each day but Um, yeah, but there's a lot of, there's a lot, I mean, if you can get it, um, and some latitudes and some climates and actually in some cities, it's harder to see the sunset because of tall buildings or, or, or whatever. So it's, it's quite a challenge not to mention, um, you know, in the United States, they perform what's now so uh, benignly called stratospheric, um, what do they call it? Um, it's stratospheric aerosol injection. (laughs) Okay. Which can, you know, conspiracy theorists call it chemtrails, right? Um, and it's basically the there. It's hypothesized supposedly, but there there is some indication that it's already being tested, and it's it's called either geoengineering or stratospheric atmospheric injection, where they're using different sulfate salts or like lithium sulfate or or, or different sulf, sulf sulfur based salts, basically. Mm-hmm to um, basically cool the earth to combat global warming or climate change uh, is the purported, you know, the official reason for Mm -hmm. it. But what it does is it causes cloud formation. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of makes this hazy. It's literally blocking the sunlight. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I can speak to that living here in Columbia, Missouri. It's quite interesting. Uh, um, You know, maybe it's anecdotal because I just got back from Puerto Rico, but it sure does seem really cloudy here. And, and for those of you who are not familiar, you can, you know, look this up online, just look up geoengineering or, or stratospheric atmospheric injection. And, and there's, you know, Harvard, there's Harvard reviews on it. And, and it's, it's been discussed in legislatures. It's a thing that's going on. There are lawsuits and patents related to it. So it's, it's definitely not just in the conspiratorial realm. It's, it's becoming more mainstream and the, the unfortunate Side effect of that is it's blocking the sunlight,
1: and mm-hmm. we need our daily
2: dose. and And if it's cloudy every day, we're not getting as much near infrared as as we could um uh, of this this healing effect of sunlight. So, oh, I, I didn't mean to go too much into this rabbit hole. It's just another aspect of how <laughs> how hard it is to just to, to to see the sunrise and the sunset every day, even though it's mm-hmm. so incredibly healthy and and it brings it has a parasympathetic effect. It, it's a time to be present, you know, to be. Yeah, mindful.
1: very ceremonial, meaningful. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have, before you climb out of the rabbit hole, I have one last question because I think that you might have the answer. Um, for years I've been sharing or offering that um, more or less, give or take, that the, the vitamin D uptake uh, is only 15 minutes necessary between roughly 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Yay or nay? What do you think?
2: Ooh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel qualified to answer the question. I would, I would say, I would have, I would have to get back to you. I know that um, you can get a big ultraviolet dose really quickly, you know, mm-hmm. in a day, um, very mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, it, but it's, it'll vary by latitude. It varies by person. If you're mm-hmm. black or very dark skinned, you need maybe three or four times. Uh, my wife, for example, is very dark skinned. You might need three or four times the dose that I, as a light, you know, light Northern European kind of skin, needs. Um, So, So
1: I I would wonder then uh, if vitamin D levels are lower in people with more melanin who are living sedentary lives in the northern and southern latitudes of the Earth than today. Oh,
2: I I think absolutely. I think that's actually documented that vitamin D levels are low. I think a big part of it is, um, and I'll defer to my betters certainly in in the in in this realm. But um, yeah, we don't get enough sunlight. It's it's not the only source of vitamin D, but it's probably the primary most important source. You can get vitamin D in your diet, absolutely, Mm -hmm. but you can get Mm -hmm. a ton from having proper uh, exposure to sunlight early morning late evening, and minimizing your your ultraviolet exposure basically and and getting the right amount um, but it also has to do with diet and, and and other things you know there's a
3: leafy greens
2: there's there's a really interesting study where they um, and i can I can dig it up and show you afterwards, but they basically mm-hmm. took a a kind of a an indigenous population in the equator somewhere in, in South America and they um that and, and they they basically fed them all kinds of junk food. So they're normally eating regular, you know, ancestral diet, whatever mm-hmm. they are kind of stone age or similar type of indigenous culture. They feed them Coca-Cola and candy and all these other things. But otherwise they're living they're naked under the equatorial sun and mm-hmm. their natural element every day. And they're measuring their microbiome uh, concentration mm-hmm. and, and like the, the quality of the microbiome as well. Um, and, mm-hmm. and there's interesting throughout the study, you would think that their microbiome would go to hell and you know they're eating candy bars and Coca-Cola and all this crap. And the interesting conclusion of the study was their mi- microbiome was um, entirely unaffected by the, the diet they were consuming. Mm. And it, it's, it's just a primer for this idea that, hey, the microbiome, uh, this thing we hear about nowadays is a super important aspect of our well-being, this symbiotic relationship we have with these good bacteria and good, good little creatures in our bodies,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that they're, the health of the microbiome, their health is much more based on exposure to sunlight and light in general than anything you eat. Mm-hmm. And so this is the power of, of sunlight. You know, there's also an argument that the majority of our cellular energetic um, stimulus ought to come from sunlight, that we can actually, like the the cellular ATP, so the cellular energy we make, um, the majority of it ought to come from sunlight. And that's one of the direct effects of near-infrared light. The near-infrared, wavelength, the near-infrared photon hits the mitochondria and it begins to produce more ATP without any Added sugar, so uh, we're we're definitely creatures of light, and we're, we're bioluminescent, and uh, we need to get much more natural, full spectrum light in in the natural context into our lives for so many re- so many reasons in the macro and in the micro.
1: Yeah, and I mean we know this because seasonal depression disorder is a real thing, uh, as well as chlorotherapy. And I want to know if you've ever worked with that or put uh, colored screens over your bulbs. If you have anything to say. Yeah, that's a good
2: question. Well, of course, uh, you know, I'm not a healthcare provider, so I don't. um,
1: (laughs) It's okay. This is a non-US podcast. You don't need uh, to make medical claims.
2: (laughs) Well, I I mean, i am just, I'm not, I'm not making any medical claims. Exactly. (laughs) Truly, my personal experience and my, my take on the science and take on things. But, you know, and and we, you you just look at, you know, I've got almost 10,000 customers now and they come from all walks of life. A big portion of them are, are coming from that maybe it's not SADS or seasonal affective disorder maybe it's just I feel depressed um, and I'm more so in the winter but
3: uh-huh. it definitely has
2: a mood enhancing effect and uh, you see that in the human studies and also I think there's an analogy like to the Sun and to the fireplace it feels good sitting in front mm-hmm. of these sources and it's it's the heat feels good but it's the light literally energizing you and fixing you and making you feel happy that is so relevant and interestingly for sads the medically prescribed treatment is um, usually the sad a sads an approved sads lamp which is a flickering fluorescent light bulb Oof. That, that usually has just a a diffuser filter and you're supposed to sit in front of that but what is it it's it's a it's a sympathetic stimulus mm-hmm and it's exciting to, you know, that's the part of the addiction and the problem with sympathetic stimuli is it, is it gets us jacked up and
3: mm-hmm.
2: feel good. Really Sh- short-term, it makes us feel great. Like it's a, it's an endorphin rush, but, but then, but it's not sustainable and we're not supposed to be mm-hmm. in fight or flight state all the time. So uh, I think that it's
1: definitely not healing.
2: Definitely not healing. Whereas here with, with near infrared red light, it's a parasympathetic stimulus. It is healing you. And it is, I would say the, how you address the root cause of the issue it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you don't need a flickering fluorescent light in front of you you need you need to detox and and rest- repair and restore and resculpt the cells of your body and, and and everything and 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 relax your mind so i think it's mm-hmm. it's doing wonders for those people or at least that's the the report from our customers i think it's highly relevant and um the reason people have seasonal affective disorders are not getting enough sunlight but again that's 43% near infrared.
1: Mm-hmm. And in many countries the weather is just not lovely. Um talk to me about uh, tanning beds.
2: <laughs> tanning beds um well there it's it's that's kind of like what did you call uh, Dr. Kellogg's school of thought? Um the hygiene
1: natural hygiene.
2: The natural mm-hmm. hygiene. Yeah, that's
1: the hygienist.
2: It's kind of like that like let's fractionate one thing out of the natural uh, environment and and that's all you need and and will increase the concentration of it dramatically and give you a big huge dose of it and and, and that's what you you need uh interestingly that's the prescript i think uh, still the the prescription for psoriasis and plaque psoriasis mm-hmm. is ultraviolet you know a tanning bed basically ultraviolet light exposure again masking the symptoms instead of addressing the root cause the psoriasis is some kind of autoimmune issue. You know, the body is and the skin is showing, Hey, there's a deep problem inside my body and intestines. I can't even, I can't, yeah, intestines, you know, many other things, but whatever it is, it's manifesting in the skin. And so the solution is not just to burn it out. It, it should be, let's heal, let's heal the inside. And so I, I again think that uh, cleansing the body, is is the solution and, and rebuilding the body the, the body has intelligence healing systems and we can do so we can get i, I would say higher uh we get more value we get more benefit at lower risk using like what we do here at sauna space than most of these conventional medical offerings and and that's that's what people do when they buy stuff they buy phones as they use that consumer logic what's my best cost benefit ratio Uh, Mm -hmm. I want to maximize benefit and minimize risk and so what we're doing here is we're we're saying the the minimum way to do things and yet the most effective is to leverage the body's own intelligent healing systems and we have these light therapy systems in every cell of the body the mitochondria in every cell of the body the smart water um, and the heat shock proteins and the re-sculptors and the rebuilders really everywhere And, uh, what a simple way is just, you know, and also an opportunity, I would say to meditate and, and relax and be present. And, um, maybe it's, you listen to music or maybe you, uh, actually do a a concentration or a meditative practice, but, um, all these things can be gotten in 20 or 30 minutes of just sitting there. Uh, it's really amazing. Um.
1: Okay, Brian, I want to I definitely want to get into talking about radiation and whatnot. But um, I have a super random question that you might not have the answer to. And I'm just I want to ask it because the sun has set here in uh, northern Brazil, where I am. And as, as I mentioned to you before the call, I'm on a rooftop. And now that the sun has set, I'm at that glorious glowing hour where the stars are just starting to come out. And so a bit of a cosmic question for you, because I have to my right here, I have Uh, the constellation of Orion and Beetlejuice and Bellatrix, his shoulders. And then under that, I have uh, Taurus and Aldebaran. And right now, Mars is visible. And so I'm wondering, actually, the light from the stars, do you think it has an effect? And or the naked eye gazing up at the stars, do you think there's an effect?
2: Yeah. Physiologically, of course. (laughs) Uh, well, well, there is. I mean, it's it's light. I mean, we're naturally attracted to light. You know, we're like mm-hmm. moss to a flame. Um, there, there is a particular, I think, spiritual and mystical value to to starlight. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, and, and this, I'm definitely out of my element here. There's there's people who uh, could speak to this much much better than I could. But it, it's definitely there's a reason it it's part of a lot of our mystical traditions and and other things that it's an it's an entirely different type of light than um than you know our our our, the blue light from our phone that's Mm -hmm. you know it's flickering led light the first of all they're they're dc they're direct current so the sun and the stars all these Mm
3: -hmm.
2: burning bodies of light in the in the universe or in in the solar systems around us and in the galaxy are a constant um constant source um of light so it's it's kind of like you could call it analog light okay and and that's what we're used to so it, it's definitely beneficial um and I think we are designed to get it and that's probably the only type of good good healthy you know visible or blue light I think that you could get is definitely that the starlight after dark there's uh it's it's really quite amazing but also um the light of the fire and and the lamp Mm -hmm. here uh, you asked about color filters before we use only glass and that's our new um, our our new light bulb design that we're coming out with very soon is it uses red stained glass and the red red glass filters out almost perfectly blue light wavelengths and some Mm -hmm. violet stuff too so it Uh, it's blue light that people, if they're not aware, it suppresses melatonin production and basically tells you when to be awake. And so you get blue light from the sun, you know, it's time to be up. And when the sun sets at at sunset, you have no more blue light. You begin to produce your sleep hormone melatonin and your body gets ready to go to bed. And so the fireplace and our, our sauna space lamps and others and the candle are kind uh-huh. of, uh, for the most part, are because it's like more reddish and not so blue, or or you know, there's not really any blue wavelengths or very little. It's an acceptable form of of light after dark, is mm-hmm. red light in the fireplace and and stuff. You just the things that are really unacceptable are blue light because you're telling your body, oh, you should still be awake. But yeah,
1: and for everyone light. listening, your phone is and yeah. your computer screen and the TV blue light, yeah.
2: Blue light and it's flickering light. So, you know, if we were on video, I could show you my flicker meter, and you can measure the flicker rate of light. And flickering light has um, definitely has biological effects, adverse effects. It's basically a giant strobing light that um, promotes sympathetic dominance. It's associated with migraines and uh, psychological issues, and 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 that's what almost almost all electrically powered, you know, lighting in our homes and and Mm -hmm. stuff is all flickering all the time so it's it's very unhealthy and then it's all blue and so these are all things that we don't want to get after dark um not to mention the electromagnetic stress that comes along with so many of them
1: and to make this real like maybe using candles more at night um starting to wind down and or going to your sauna at night would you say or
2: or using red red light bulbs so incandescent Mm -hmm red filtered bulbs don't have any blue mm-hmm. for example our, our photon light it's it's just one bulb in a in a fixture we've designed people use that for targeted spot therapy on the body but they also use it for blue light free light after dark so if you want light in your mm-hmm. living room um, you don't want to you definitely don't want to use leds or, or fluorescent lights and mm-hmm. so what you do you don't want to sit there in complete darkness well that's kind of what our, our lamp is, it's kind of like a modern fireplace that you don't have the smoke and stuff. And there's a charm to that for sure. But, you know, just day to day in your house, you, you know, it's, it's, it's what I would call a safe form of lighting uh, mm-hmm. that, that you can use after dark. And so um, I would do all those things. I would try not to watch TV or be on the computer after dark, as hard as that mm-hmm. sounds, you know, if you're going to watch a movie, you're better off watching it in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, like we, what we need to talk about before we're done is the the elephant in the room that is man-made electromagnetism and and what a problem it is. And it it's it's inter- you know it's related to all the these sources we're talking about now, all these devices, all this modernity that surrounds us.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm really refraining from making an elephant sound, so please tell us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well it's uh, I just listened to a talk with uh, Dr. Mercola, and he said he had a nice way of describing it. He said uh, there's a billion billion times more microwave signal flying around today than there was a hundred years ago
1: a billion billion is that a number <laughs>
2: uh, it's I, I, there may be a, a a word for that, but it's, just <laughs> an, it's an unfathomable increase in concentration of a a of a synthetic wavelength yes there is microwave um -hmm. that's that's natural Mm -hmm. it's basically microwave is what we use in our microwave ovens that's why we call it that when you take a signal in the kind of one to two gigahertz range or the sub one gigahertz range and you Mm -hmm. and you shine it on a human tissue or on any water molecule with enough wattage makes the water molecules vibrate faster. And that's how your microwave oven heats your food up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, and so that's how the telecom industry measures whether the microwave signal from the cell phone towers is damaging. Is it heating up the tissue? And so that's mm. the safety standard. So as long as the wattage is not enough to heat up your tissues in your body by vibrating the water, by being absorbed by the water molecules and vibrating more, then it's not damaging. Right. Hmm. Well the the answer is no that's completely wrong it's off by actually a factor of about 7 million and and the reason for that is that you have these things called uh voltage gated calcium ion channels in the body and for those of you who want to dive deep you can look up Dr Martin Pauls work um mm-hmm. he's done some really great interviews but also you can read some of his his research you know he really he deserves a medal of honor or a, you know Nobel prize or something for what he's done
1: we will give him one right now.
2: So yeah, I, 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 w- <laughs> I would like to nominate him. He, he basically said, hey, these microwave signals are affecting our biology, and it's by opening our calcium channels. So the calcium evolutionarily is, was like one of the most fundamental cell signalers back in the day of the mitochondria and the prokaryotic cell when they came together and they made the animal cell and they formed mm-hmm. a symbiotic relationship. You know, One of the primary ways they talk to each other and and how the cell controls the mitochondria is with calcium ions two mm-hmm. calcium mm-hmm. two plus ions so fundamental it's also
1: how we flex cells, muscles
2: it's exactly yeah that, that's contraction what, uh, it, it helps with contraction it helps with cell motility it helps it, it, um, if you have a huge flood of calcium into the cell, it causes apoptosis cell death it's mm-hmm. part of how the um the body controls cell growth and controls its mitochondria it also it, it it activates mitochondrial uh production so it increases the free radical formation but also the atp production and the nitric oxide and and stuff like that and and these are voltage gates so they're they're triggered by a change in voltage so a difference in electrical potential inside and outside of the cell and mm. and basically in short these voltage gates in every cell of the body, a fundamental cell signal they are controlling the calcium everywhere are seven million times more sensitive to microwave signal, to electro, electric field signal than uh, an aqueous water molecule. So that's another way of saying that the safety standards are off by seven million times. That it takes seven million times less electric field uh, power to activate the the calcium ions uh gates so what that means is when the microwave signal from the cell phone tower hits your body
3: mm.
2: all of the calcium uh ion channels open in all of your cells and you get like millions of calcium ions per second going into your cells which messes mm. up with all the cell signaling it can cause cell death it causes uh, massive free radical formation where a little bit of nitric oxide is good but when you get way too much uh, that leads to the what's called the peroxynitrite free radical cycle. Um, peroxynitrite dysfunction is associated very strongly in the literature with a lot of disease, like chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. Uh, just it's 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 a damaging free radical cycle in your body, basically. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two ways that EMFs damage the body. They they cause the the calcium gates to open. And they cause massive free radical formation through the peroxynitrate cycle and so both of those things uh, feed into each other and damage the body and so we see this is not just you know getting out of the micro and going into the macro it's not just at the cell level there's clinical associations now with heart disease cancer um, insomnia um, basically neurological diseases neurological issues big time and that's because the highest density of the calcium voltage gates in the body is in the brain and in the heart and mm. the nerve tissue. So, of course, people who have neuropathic disease like MS and fibromyalgia and stuff, are seem to be more sensitive to this. They seem to be more adversely affected. But unfortunately, it's not something that, or or I I say what's frustrating about it is mm-hmm. it's not something that kills you in a day. Mm-hmm. It's something that just slowly wears you down and and. As disturbing as this may sound, I, I I would I would liken it to I, I would make an analogy with HIV. Mm-hmm. You know, it's HIV doesn't kill you. It's it's secondary infection due to the or it's some kind of secondary thing due to the original HIV infection that we call AIDS, and you die of pneumonia or something one day. But it was the HIV that started it, and you know, lowered in way,
1: immunity in general. Yeah,
2: yeah it, it's it slowly damages your cellular systems. It slowly causes the free radical formation, which damages your DNA and causes mutation and mm-hmm. wears out the body and promotes, you know, sympathetic dominance and and damages, you know, just causes damage to proteins and other things. And uh, it won't kill you in a day or a week, but it will weaken you and make you more susceptible to other things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And 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 it's a cumulative effect. So, the people who are getting living next to a cell phone tower or getting really high doses every day, they're going to have increased, you know, dramatically increased uh, incidence uh, of symptoms over time than those of us are getting a little bit. But here's another thing to put in perspective, carrying a cell phone for a few days causes more free radical formation, more damage really to the cells than an X-ray does at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's in fact more damaging than an ionizing source of radiation. Which I've basically given you the two ways how non-ionizing radiation, so a microwave signal,
3: okay. even though it's
2: not an X-ray, it's not ionizing you and ripping your DNA apart. It it can through secondary effects cause the same and even greater damage than an ionizing radiation source like X-rays do. So, and and probably more sinister. Is that the, my, where can you not get a cell phone signal?
1: In so, the countryside where there's no cell phone tower?
2: There's just, it's increasingly, you know, <laughs> these, these places are shrinking on earth. There are still places, cell right. but <laughs> here in the West, uh, it, people think, oh, well, I don't have my cell phone. I'm all right. No. Everywhere you're standing where you can get a cell phone signal,
3: mm-hmm. you're
2: getting all of that microwave stress in your body. It's opening your calcium jates. It's causing free radical. Uh, formation and 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 damage uh and 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 so it's 24 hours a day at least if it was a chemical stress like chemicals in your food you could change your diet you know or make your own a garden or something but uh cell phone signal it's very difficult to escape almost impossible Mm -hmm. here in the wet in the in the civilized areas and of course 5g we have um Um, that's rolling out now in in america and in in western cities it's a a pretty pervasive new source of of microwave signal where there's more wattage than ever and and more higher frequencies are being introduced as well so it's it's something where that billion billion i just mentioned that's going to be a billion 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 (laughs) sometimes we're getting
1: up to a trillion um, okay. Wow. So so we're talking about all of this radiation outside of us. It's damaging. And uh, I understand that you two provide this little sheath or this layer uh, along with the sauna. And I like that concept of kind of doubling up or being most effective, most efficient. Um, and I want to ask you if you have any other version, like let's say I could just wear a jumpsuit of the same material every day, or is, is there any kind of modern innovation that you know of? Uh, to protect
2: us uh, well it's I mean the solution in, in some ways is very simple and also maddeningly complicated mm-hmm. uh, and complex so metal blocks electromagnetic signals, you basically mm-hmm. so there's different forms of metal uh, that 's what a Faraday box is or you know what people understand in in laboratory sense a scientific sense a faraday cage is a met- is basically a six sided metal box that prevents electric fields from coming in Uh and from going out really. So, um, you can do it with metal. The question is how do you do it in a way that's like practical and, uh, and effective. So if you want to block microwave signal, you really need, you need to have really complete six sided protection. So you can't have any gaps in that protective sheath as you called it, Mm -hmm. but, Um, you also want something that you can breathe in because if it's Mm -hmm. hermetically sealed, you, uh, you're not going to get, get much oxygen. You won't going to last very long. So, um, that's kind of the challenge that we've been dealing with in our sauna, um, to start Mm -hmm. out with is, is how can we make a Faraday cage that blocks the microwave signal, but also is grounded because you need it to be grounded to kind of drain out the, the, the low frequency electric fields from electricity from wiring in the home so that you don't have any electric, you know, you don't have any voltage buildup. Otherwise you get buildup from the the wired electric fields. And also you can even get buildup at the RF where the RF will, the, the microwave signal, the electric field in the air gets absorbed by some metallic, some piece of metal and it, and then it conducts to you. Mm -hmm. You want to create a case that, is both a metallic shield and it's grounded and therein comes the challenge so you can get material that blocks microwave signal really well but it's not grounded or it's not groundable so you need a groundable layer or what we our solution here is we use a a custom-made stainless steel based material that both has it's really finely woven stainless steel that the the threads are so fine together that it blocks these high frequency microwave signals in the air really well, but mm-hmm. it's also grounded by, by by and by that I mean it's 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 directly connected with a with wires to the ground system the the ground cable of the light panel of the light fixture inside,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and that is and that needs to be plugged into the wall into a grounded source. And, and that's how you get full protection from low and high frequency. You have the barrier and you have the earthing grounding effect, which is what, what that literally means when you're earthing, why walking barefoot is you're mm-hmm. discharging your body's junk voltage. It's cleaning up the voltage in mm-hmm. your body and it feels good. And it it, it, it definitely has, um, positive biological effects that are demonstrated in studies and people know this feels amazing. And, and that's why we do this. You can recreate that. We recreated that effect in our sauna. And that's part of why I feel so gra- groovy and relaxing in there, but it was done through pretty tricky product design. And so that's the issue with, you know, you should, well, why can't I wear just a jumpsuit? Why, why can't mm-hmm. I just wear this like cool, like, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of like birthday suit or something with a hoodie on it or because you need to be grounded as well. And so how do you ground while you're walking around? Like, shoes? you could but like every i mean how do you do it in a way that's like practical and it's constantly connected so every time your foot goes up it you know you're you're losing your ground and you're getting voltage build up again mm-hmm. so it's tricky i mean i would say i don't like to think of it as a impossible challenge conundrum mm-hmm. it's um it's where i would address it in two ways i would say look you got to live in for most of us we're not um in an area where there's no cell phone signal. We're living here in civilization. We're living here in modern life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You, need pr- you need to protect your healing space from um man-made EMF. And you need to protect your your sleeping space, your bed space from mm-hmm. man-made EMF. If you hit those two areas, I think you're you're maximizing your healing benefit like in our in the in our sauna space sauna. Um, and then at, at sleep, you know, you, you sleep for people sleep for a quarter or a third of their life. And so that's, and that's a, that's a very important healing. Restorative time is a proper sleep. And so that's the other area that you need to address. You address those things. And then I think it doesn't really matter in your day to day. You, you just, you go out into the world, you get electromagnetic stress, you get chemical stress, you get people yelling at you, emotional, spiritual stress. You have conflicts, you get kind of jacked. You get into sympathetic stress stress mode but then you know for me i i get into my 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 sauna every night and um and then like an at home you know you can turn off your Wi, wi- uh, your wi-fi for example you want to put your oh, phone yeah. into airplane mode um mm-hmm. make the the difficult uh you know transition to not having uh tv or even worse than tv is like you know, blogging or, or, you know, just searching for stuff online because there's so much information and it's really addicting and it's fun. But to not be just uh wrapped up in your T V or your computer monitor after dark every Mm -hmm.
1: day. Go analog after dark. Um amazing. Super, super, super amazing. I've enjoyed so much of this discussion and I, I mean it just opens the door to a whole host of other questions. And I feel like we could title it physics and your physicality or something like that. Um, and just to plant an idea seed, I, I'm i super curious about the extra voltage in my imaginary stainless steel jumpsuit <laughs> of like if there could be some kind of battery pack or something that that voltage could be used for before it's discharged to the earth or something. So I'll just, I'll plant that seed later. Anyone listening can follow up with me um, or Brian, we can jam on.
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, there's, the there's definitely I mean we need to come up with solutions and it's not there's there's not an answer to it you know and mm-hmm. we need that's one thing but yeah addressing addressing your home addressing where you hang out all the time addressing your your, your habits and then also understanding that it's not just this cumulative this emf stress it's not just something like where you're building up this poison in your body and you're stuck with it you can actually reverse that damage that's one last tie-in that I would mention that is a part of my newer understanding really Of sauna. So Mm -hmm. I talked about peroxynitrite before, this damaging oxidative stress cycle in the body that's really Mm -hmm. associated with disease. That's one of the primary effects of EMF stress. So what's interesting about sauna is in two ways, not just one way, but by two different biological pathways, heat stress reverses that peroxynitrite cycle damage. It's heat stress. So heat in the sauna, sitting in the sauna, literally reverses the same um, cellular damage mechanism that electromagnetic stress causes. So mm. when you sit in my sauna and, and you have the shielded version where you have the external uh, wireless shield, you're not just protected from EMF, you're literally um, re- you know reversing those same damaging pathways that the day's electromagnetic stress caused to you, and so it's mm-hmm. just another example of of really hundreds, if not thousands of ways that that heat stress is a passive heat stress, and sweating is this kind of like magical elixir of that fixes all problems in all cells slowly, but surely um even. Even this this modern threat of of man-made EMF can be kind of reversed with 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 heat stress. And and the one of those ways too is the ba- uh one of the ways the heat stress uh helps is it re-sculpts the vascular systems of your body. It promotes more blood flow, but it also gets your your blood vessels to like rebuild the walls and build new blood vessels and new areas where you're you're literally remapping your blood's, um, tributaries in your body, uh, in an intelligent mm-hmm. way, in the way that you, the body needs it at, you know, you know, for where you are now, um, really fascinating.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so I want to do something now, if you'll play with me for a second, um, I want you to just give your intuitive yes or no. And I know that's going to be diff- difficult after uh, <laughs> so many words and, and big ideas, but just an intuitive hit on yes or no, whether these are forms of modern life that you would recommend to people or not, uh, because we do have so many biohacking or other ways in which we're, we're trying to uh, undo the the negative effects of modern human life. And um, you're proposing a very solid solution. I do see you as uh, an authority in the space of all things light and vibrational. So um, are you ready for this?
2: Okay. So, so you don't want any explanatory. <laughs> you Just, want yes or no. Okay. <laughs> if it's
1: really necessary, you can explain, but like an intuitive hit. I'm going to okay. name a few things. All right. The first one is uh, Bikram yoga.
2: Damn it! It's a maybe. Uh, <laughs> I personally prefer a yangar yoga. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer a more controlled uh, type of yoga, yangar, But better Bikram you know, yoga than no yoga.
1: And you, Bikram's the heated room. You know that?
2: Yeah, yeah, the heated yeah, yoga. And
1: heated
2: I, 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 I again, I prefer a yangar, but it's mm-hmm. um, it's not for everybody. Um, it's <laughs> but if it's if it's yoga or no yoga, I say yes.
1: Okay. Okay. How about cryotherapy?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay. So we're getting cold. How about the Wim Hof method?
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We have many of our customers do Wim Hof, you know, in the sauna space. Um,
1: Yeah. Wim's a friend.
2: (laughs) Hey, going back thousands of years, hot, cold, hot. You did Uh sauna and then you jumped in the frozen lake and got warm again Cold thermogenesis is what it's called at the cell level, and that has Mm -hmm. many of the same effects on the mitochondria as heat.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, how about drinking cold water, ice water? No. (laughs) Shock (laughs) to the body. We know that one. All right, how about drinking hot water? Uh,
2: It has its place if it's a good tea, a cup of tea or a good Mm -hmm. coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I usually, if it's just water, I drink room temperature water
1: mm-hmm. room temperature water okay okay, uh, okay. Salt I, sometimes therapy. i
2: love having a cold glass of like san Pellegrino <laughs> or
1: something <laughs> okay um salt therapy
2: uh, i think it has its place yes
1: you've heard of this one there's salt rooms where you're like breathing salty air
2: yeah and there's salt stone like stones like blocks of salt on the floor
1: mm-hmm. and lights the little pink lights okay That's a yes. Okay. How about the zapper? Have you heard of the zapper, the parasite zapper? Uh, Explain. Different charges that you're holding in your hand sends an electromagnetic current through the body to essentially vibrate and kill the parasites, if any.
2: Uh, (laughs) I I don't have an answer yet. haven't tried it. Okay.
1: More information on that. Okay. And then um, last but not least the infiltration of smartwatches specifically advanced ones like the apple watch right there at your very sensitive pulse place.
2: Absolutely not. It's a permanent Bluetooth transmitter, um, Mm -hmm. on your body. That's the whole issue with EMF is, um, the power level is, um, proportionate to kind of like one over the distance from the power source squared. So, uh, you know, if it's right on your body, it's much worse than it being only an inch away from your body.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it's the same thing with a cell phone. And when, you know, it pains me to see women have their cell phone tucked into their bra, or mm-hmm. they're tucked into their butt pocket, right next to their ovaries. Or for men, mm-hmm. right next to their, you know, uh, that's all where all your vital organs are. It's insane.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And and for yeah. what? To be more connected. Uh, We're already pretty connected. Um, I think when you're in the physical presence of someone else, be there. And you have limbic regulation and you, where you're literally regulating each other's physiology. This has to do with our limbic brain and emotional connection. And
3: Mm -hmm. give
2: that person the respect that they deserve. They took the time to be there in person with you. Uh, You know, put your Apple watch down, your phone down. Yeah. So I yeah, don't I like that. that and uh, I just, I don't see the value in it. You know, it's just another gadget and our lives are so complicated already. We need more, we need to de decomplicate. you know, we need more, more simplicity. We need to get back to uh-huh. basics. Less. Device- yeah.
1: And I mean, excitingly enough, in simplicity is coming through technology. Um, I, I ordered on Amazon an Apple watch a few weeks ago and I had to immediately return it because I put it on and I was like, Oh, I I cannot wear this. Cause I feel it palpably the effect that it has on the body, just being so sensitive after so many years of, of a fasting practice and an awareness practice. And, um, however, the reason I got it is because I work in AI now and, uh, I do work in biofeedback and whereas like the technology can help us to be more aware of, of our natural physiological currents when we think at a large scale for the modern man. Because, of course, anyone listening to this podcast, you, and me, anyone who's interested in health, we're going to heighten our awareness to be able to do that on our own. But in the plight of modern man, we have to use the vehicle of technology. So, my, my question would be, or I guess it's just like a, an inquiry to the cosmos of, of what could be this barrier between to somehow in one way or another protect us or to to um yeah i guess buffer that it's kind of like my jumpsuit question
2: yeah i ask myself the same thing and and you know i i use a cell phone every day so i'm Mm -hmm. also a sinner here but i use it for good i use it Mm -hmm. i use it to i use it as a you know uh, a, a productivity tool and an occupational tool to like bring good to people and good to the earth. And it is a compromise, but I use it in the most disciplined way possible. And I try really hard to just put it into airplane mode, not just before bed, but when I go home so that I can be present with my Mm -hmm. family and not be distracted by working or other things. But there's no doubt that, that, look at my product. I mean, I don't mean to keep coming back to my product. I'd rather this be more educational than anything else. It's just you know, an example of of, Hey, technology can be good. We can mm-hmm. technology for good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to be really careful. It's a, r- a real del. It's a, we're walking a tightrope, the Apple mm. watch, for example, turn, turn it into airplane mode. So there's no transmitter. It's yeah. not transmitting Bluetooth or a cell phone or anything. Mm-hmm. And it can be a, a great diagnostic tool, just like the aura ring. Um, if you know, it's in airplane mode or whatever, um, mm-hmm. You know, we can we can we can use it we can use the, the data and other things to improve our lot in life and improve our quality of life, but mm-hmm. we need to be careful that it doesn't become the focus of our life and the obsession and and of course, um, you know, we become this. I, I, sometimes I feel like a slave to the phone. And yeah. that's, that's part of me reasserting my dominance. It's going in airplane <laughs> mode and I'm not listening to it anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because it, it but it is we, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater we need to use these technologies but for good and and that's kind of why I love what I do I mean it's so exciting to have all these amazing technologies nowadays to make uh, to help us get to these breakthroughs and uh, improving quality of life but also keep in mind that hey our um the best health comes from a return to nature and a return to natural context.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we can't forget that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So I like that distinction then between Apple watch and the Bluetooth receptivity um, airplane mode turned on versus like your average wearable. I won't name any brand names, but just like the wearable that doesn't have the Bluetooth capability uh, or at least, or even the phone capability or anything like that. Um, those definitely safer.
2: Well, those are like, the the i won't name names either even though we've already named them, <laughs> but those performance trackers the really popular ones most of those are bluetooth mm-hmm. enabled and that's how okay. you, that's how the data is transmitted the the steps you do and your pulse mm-hmm. or whatever it's tracking it's typically bluetooth enabled almost almost all of them are so you know does it have a airplane mode does it have a functionality where you can turn it into so oh. it doesn't transmit and yeah. um, I'm not familiar with all the products out there, but you know, increasingly it's, it's being seen as a, as a, as like a standard feature. Well, it's Bluetooth, Uh whatever it is,
3: Uh and
2: it's not necessarily a good thing. That's like, that's why in, in my, you know, in a sauna space sauna, there's not Bluetooth track. There's not the Bluetooth speakers. There's no led Uh track lighting. There's no Uh glass doors.
3: Uh I'm,
2: I'm trying as hard as I can design wise to put you back into a natural context and take away all of the sensory overload and over stimuli over stimulating um world that you have all around you and and that mm-hmm. is visual it's electromagnetic it's auto audio it's everything um so it's, it's not an advantage um and so yeah it's it, in some places it's good but in general bluetooth is high frequency it's t- what is it it's 2.4 gigahertz i think mm-hmm. uh, so it's It's in the microwave, you know, the microwave plus range. It's, it's, it's high frequency stuff and you have, you always have it right next to you. And that's the problem. Mm
1: -hmm. And the earbuds.
2: Yeah. Those uh, in those new wireless Bluetooth earbuds, Mm -hmm. especially like, they're so cool looking, right? Everybody has them now. And, and uh, I actually have a pair. I was curious Mm -hmm. to use them and I honestly cannot wear it more than about five minutes. I start, my head starts heating up and I start getting weird tingling on that Good. side. So I, 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 I'm speaking to you now through a wired connection through my computer. I have a setup mm-hmm. in my office where I call, I don't call anybody on my cell phone. My cell phone sits here most of the time, an airplane. I, mm-hmm. I communicate through a wire connection and I try mm-hmm. to not have Wi-Fi. There's Wi-Fi in the greater shop, but it's kind of turned off in the office. And I've, I'm taking steps to mitigate and minimize my exposure, uh, as much as I can. Um, and, and especially for those of you who are young, you know, the, 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 the developing brain and the developing nervous system are so susceptible to electromagnetic mm-hmm. stress. And you and I didn't, I don't know how old you are, but, um, I assume you didn't grow up with a cell phone most of your life. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't either. And And really, when we were really young, and that was only 2G, and when we were really young, there was nothing, just wired voltage from the house. Nowadays, babies are being bored, young children are growing up with a massive amount of of microwave stress, 24 hours a day, all the time, and and you bet it's affecting them, and you bet it's affecting us.
1: I wonder if there's any adaptation to somehow strengthen against it, or, or not allow it to bother them, or not allow it to... Stimulate or or disrupt their nervous system because it is the norm that they were born into.
2: Well, you you have you have more than one study that's investigated this, and there's certainly more research to be done. But um, if you protect, if you put like a if you put uh, like a EMF blocking canopy over a baby's crib, there's one mm-hmm. study where um, nodal cord development, so the development of the neural tree and and
3: mm-hmm.
2: like the spine and stuff, the 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 nervous tree was much better when they were under protection because it is so sensitive to electromagnetic stress. And when you're young, the development is so crucial. It's just like anything Mm -hmm. else. So there is all indications are that it's, it's damaging Uh, when what's healthy and healing and are things from the natural context, the natural frequency of light from the sun, the Schumann frequency that the earth resonates at, um, these are things that are, you know, these are the good EMFs, um, the, the ones that have been there for a billion years, but mm-hmm. all of the man-made ones, they seem to be, most of them seem to be problematic. Some, some are healthy. Uh, you know, there's some, you know, like what we're doing here with the incandescent bulb, the there's, uh, there are certain ultrasonic therapies that are, uh, I've shown to provide a lot of like pain relief and other things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I know uh, there's a number of them there's different um, there's you know you can use frequency for good it's not all for bad but uh, you know it, the, the the devil's in the details you know which frequencies and what and the the, the things that we use for modern convenience Bluetooth Wi-Fi cellular signal those are all pretty bad in general're mm-hmm. not really anything good about it other than the technological benefits that come with it. Mm-hmm
1: mm, so rich so much so cool is there anything else that you want to share brian or how can people reach you or if you want to share the website of the product or anything like that yeah
2: it's all on saunaspace.com you can dive deep into my articles if you're if you like that kind of awesome. stuff and read the boring stuff um okay. and you can um and that will lead you to you know the, the pubmed and literature if you want uh you can also listen to other recordings I've done. I've done a number of them where we focus on this topic or that topic, but uh, yeah, it's all on sauna for those who want to explore that. And yeah, if you're interested in a totally unique uh, product and, and therapeutic and rejuvenative experience, well, well, we're definitely it. And, um, and we're pretty generous in in you know, trial and how you um, can try it out risk-free and, um, it seems to be working for uh, so many people nowadays it's, it's super exciting for me and um, and if you want to reach us too you can email sales at saunaspace.com. you can even call up and ask for me I'm usually uh, here working uh, in the shop and um, <laughs> uh, loving every day of it
1: so lovely <laughs> amazing well thank you so much Brian it's been super 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 full and thank you to everyone listening I hope you've enjoyed
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Vitality Podcast. Please click over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review to spread this work with the world. You have a part in transforming humanity's health. Keep enjoying this free resource and make sure to give back by sharing, subscribing, and checking out all of Andrea's work at liveforvitality.com, where you can find links to Instagram and other social media. Andrea also gives astrology readings, holds online fasting retreats, and teaches detox courses and advanced yoga teacher trainings. So come to liveforvitality.com and let Andrea transform your life now.